The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, and Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. Southern Middle Tennessee. Welcome into another edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. I'm your host, Chris Yao, joined by my co-host, Maurice Patton. JP Plan on the controls, as always. It's a, a beautiful Thursday here in Columbia, Tennessee, and one of the reasons it's a beautiful Thursday is because we're going to be playing high school football tonight. And several games in the area and really excited about those but before we talk about that mo good morning good morning what's going on i just getting ready to uh talk a little bit about volleyball football soccer all kinds of great stuff good stuff it's again i love thursdays because this is when we get a chance to talk about all of our local high school football teams and their upcoming games for typically Friday nights but typically but yeah. but but tonight a little different really excited and it's going to be a it, I, I really think it's going to be a a good night of high school football much better than uh if if we were probably playing tomorrow in the rain um so it's supposed to get pretty rough tomorrow apparently it it it's supposed to so there you go um Yesterday we learned that the Spring Hill-Richland game had been moved to Richland. Learned that on the air. That was fun. For tonight. Yeah. To Richland. And apparently what, what prompted that is Spring Hill's soccer game in the opening round of the district is at, is home. at home as well. So That makes sense. Postseason soccer game. Regular season football regular, game. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So, and and the the positive is Richland has a pretty decent size, you know, facility. Facility. So, mm-hmm. I feel Wayne, like Wayne Hobbs Stadium. I feel like they should be good to go. Yeah, I think everybody that wants to be there should be able to be there. I'm not sure how much. Well, I know tickets are available at the gate, so I'm not sure how much they. Uh, they are limiting capacity anyway. Yeah. So, anyway, let's talk a little bit first before we get into high school football anymore mm-hmm. about yesterday's only high school athletic event that, well, there were two, but the only one that um, that included local teams, and that was the Summit volleyball team. They took on Brentwood in 
the District 12-3A Volleyball Tournament. And the Spartans were defeated by Brentwood, leaving them the runner-up in the district, but giving them an opportunity to play in the region tournament. Yeah, the... um Obviously, the the top two teams out of the district go on to region play, so they will face. Uh, Summit would play the run the champion from District Eleven AAA. Brentwood would play the runner up in the, the championship game, which in all likelihood will be a rematch of yesterday's district championship game. That would be sometime next week. I'm not sure who's coming out of District Eleven. And how does that work? In state, if you are first or second in region, do you also go to state or no? Um, I think the next round is sectionals or substate, depending on how old you are. Uh, substate for me, but um, and then the top eight. So the two region finalists advance to sectionals. Gotcha. And then sectional winners go on to state. Very similar to basketball. Mm, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So there you have it, uh, Summit, the runner-up in District 12, 3A. Also, a Summit athlete, We, as we've been talking about for the last couple of days, Claudette Runk, was, she finished her day at the Large School Girls Golf Tournament yesterday. And she had a pretty good day, actually, uh, on day two. Yeah, she finished at 76 on day two. Um, took eight strokes off of her first day performance down at Willowbrook. So I would think she'd have to be pleased with that second day performance. She finishes up at a, with a two-day total of 160, uh, 16 over par. And um, the winner in comeback fashion was Kara Carter from Sullivan South, who um, – <laughs> went really low on day two, shot a, um, a 66, 600 par after finishing even on the first day. So she comes back and defeats Kingsport Dobbins Bennett's Isabella Vanderbeest by five strokes. But um, Claudette finishes tied for 23rd with that 160, a junior in her second state golf tournament appearance. So she'll be looking to get back and – and improve on that next year. I'm sure Claudette's just glad that she got both rounds in since her freshman year was the year that they were limited to one round by inclement weather down there. Mm. So, so yeah. Getting into, as always, best. Mm -hmm. All right. Real quick, let's talk about some high school football. What do you say? Let's get into it. Little work. Yesterday we spoke with Coach Charlie Lansdale of Columbia Academy and – as of right this moment, again, that game is still scheduled for Friday. I'm not sure how much Jackson will be impacted by Hurricane Delta. So this may be that may be one of the reasons that Western Tennessee is not too much worried about it because they may not be impacted nearly as much as Middle Tennessee is. So they will travel to Trinity Christian mm -hmm. tomorrow night and as we talked about yesterday, last season it was the Jackson Christian game that started a 5-0 run to end the year. 
leaving them with a number four seed in the playoffs and and a home game and a home to playoff open game the playoffs, yeah is is this going to be the start of another run it al- it it almost has to be really because they're 0 and 4 they've um lost two games to the covid pause that they had to go through this will be their first game back after missing games against both University School of Jackson and Jackson Christian who started again started that streak for them last year they finish up against um Tipton Rosemark and then Clarksville Academy and Fayette Academy those last two games both on the road so they've got to get moving in that direction here at this point because otherwise if if they do make the playoffs at all if they don't get a win this weekend then they're probably looking at a road game to open the playoffs and that's not going to be an easy task. I mean, because right. that that puts them up against, say, a a friendship Christian or a Middle Tennessee Christian or somebody like that from the other side in the opening round, and and so. And we know, saw what happened with friendship last year in the second round. Yeah, so um, it's going to be tough. I think this Trinity Christian team has won its last two ball games coming in here. They won last week, forty-eight nineteen. Um, so they are, you know, they're on a little bit of a roll, comparatively speaking, anyway, sure. which, which when you're talking about CAB and 0-4 coming in here, you know, but they, um, they defeated Tipton Rosemark 48-19 last week. They defeated Clarksville Academy 16-13 the week before. So, you know, CA's kind of got their work cut out for them and they're in a little bit of flux, obviously, as we spoke to Coach Lansdale yesterday. This will be their first game without Franklin Walker. They're probably their most explosive player on the offensive side of the ball. And so trying to figure out. Well, getting away from Franklin Walker and going back to the wing tee, how much impact is that going to have? You know, it's hard to say. I mean, when you look at the personnel, it's going to be a lot of the same people that were involved in what they were doing earlier this season I mean it's still going to be Max Ballard in the backfield you still got Brian Baranek at quarterback you're, you're going to be you know trying to mix in Chris Modesti probably from the wing back trying to get him on the on the edge and um, you got to hit Collins Malone a couple of times he, just to keep him just honest. to back him up yeah so um, you don't take a Franklin Walker out of your mix regardless of what you're doing offensively right. and, and be better no, yeah, no question. So it's just going to be a matter of how they're able to piece some things together and and you know possess the ball for one thing. Yeah, not turn it over. How, you know, I guess it's super important that this team has run the wing tee before. It's not like they're putting in a whole new system. They understand the system for the most part, especially at the quarterback position where you have to really know your fakes and. You know, that sort of thing. You know, and here's the thing. This might be beneficial from the standpoint that Brian Baranek is probably a better runner than he is a passer. And so letting him run the ball a little bit more and, you know, trying to get yourself in some 
into some situations that allow you to run the ball a little bit more will probably help as well. Absolutely. So that's tomorrow night at Trinity Christian Columbia Academy going back to the wing tee, unfortunately, without Franklin Walker. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Summit Spartans as they travel down to Winchester to take on the Franklin County Rebels. We'll be joined by Will Rabb of WCDT down in Winchester in that segment. So stay tuned on the other side of this break. We've got all of the previews and more on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Welcome back in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. 23 minutes past the hour of 9 o'clock here on Thursday, October 8th. Live on your radio dial at 101.7 FM. I'm Chris Yao, joined by Maurice Patton. And we're talking about our local coverage area high school football teams for sm-tnsports.com. Right now we're going to talk about a big Region 5 5A match. One of the reasons it's such a big game is because of Franklin County's win last week over Columbia Central. Summit is coming off of an open week due to their game with Page being canceled for a COVID issue at Page, which means the Spartans got the win. Page got a no contest, and this week should be an interesting game because we expect to possibly see Keaton Wade take the field at some point. Yeah, it, it's getting down to that point. I think that um, he is he's working with no limitations at this point, and so it's just a matter of when they decide to to throw him in there. You know, we could see him at linebacker, could see him at running back, could see him at both. And I think that they want to kind of work him back in slowly. And I think that this, that they feel like this would be an opportunity to work him back in, you know, kind of get him back into the mix and yet allow some of the folks that have been playing in his place to, to continue to contribute and that kind of thing and just let everybody get used to him being back. Um, and like you said, this this game took on a lot more meaning with Franklin County's 15-11 to 11 win over Columbia Central last week because um, suddenly the Rebels are 1-1 one one in region play after starting the year 0-4 in total. Um, they got their first win two weeks ago against Grundy County, non-region game, and then they turn around and and pick up the big region win. 
Their only other region game was a 37-32 loss to Lincoln County back a few weeks ago. So um, they're playing with some confidence with their first-year coach, Justin Cunningham. Um, Got some things done on offense behind their quarterback, Keandre Johnson, who who is a threat to go the distance from anywhere on the field. And so that'll be the challenge for Summit's defense, which has only played once in the last three weeks, is trying to keep that guy – under wraps, but you know they've got a guy who's pretty similar. So rest or rust, we'll see. Uh, I, I tend to I tend to believe that Brian Coleman probably has his team pretty well ready to play at any given moment. That being said, there's still something to be said about playing live football that helps you stay sharp. And fresh, and and just the number of stops and starts they've had this season. Again, their um, September eighteenth game against Overton, they didn't get to play because Overton wasn't available under Metro Nashville guidelines. Went to Northwest the following week, won forty-two nothing. Didn't get to play this past week against Page. And, and so the herky-jerkiness of the schedule has got to be a little bothersome. But I think, like you said, these guys are hungry. Went to the state finals last year. It did not play up to their standards, I don't think. And most of those guys are back. And, and I feel like they, they think they've got something to prove this time around. And so I feel like they'll be ready Friday night, regardless of the two open weeks out of the last three. I don't think you're wrong at all. Joining us now on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today is our friend from Franklin County down in Winchester, Will Rabb of WCDT. Will, welcome in. Hey, guys. Good to be uh, back with you. Glad I got invited back. <laughs> Sometimes it's a, it's a, it's a struggle. We, we never know what we're going to get, but we, we think that you, you made the cut. So congratulations. <laughs> I'm glad to be able to clear that bar. <laughs> it's a low one, trust us. Hey, we'll appreciate you joining us for a little bit. You know, what's what's been the atmosphere around the program this week after that Columbia Central victory? Well, I, I think the Rebels obviously are I- excited, and I, I think they're rallying around the fact that they've won a couple uh, games in a row, and they're ready to go measure themselves uh, against the top team uh, in the region and as you said you know I think it's been generally accepted from from the preseason on that summit is pretty well the top of the perch in this region and so is that kind of how they're viewing this as an opportunity to measure themselves against what looks like the best the best in the league well, I think they view every week as an opportunity to go measure themselves because they're a, a young team, not only young in terms of the the players, but the staff as well. So they're always looking for an opportunity to be able to go measure themselves, see how they uh, stack up against quality competition because they're trying to grow and, and take that next step as a uh, program. You know, we talked about this being potentially Keaton Wade's return 
at um at linebacker and running back watching um Friday's game. You know, Dakota Wagner kind of seems to fill that role for Franklin County, um, kind of spotting in in the running mm-hmm. game and, and seems to get more play at linebacker for you guys. It it kind of revolves around him on, bo- on both sides of the ball to some degree, does it not? I, I, I think probably a, a bit more offensively, even though the Rebels have uh, some nice weapons, uh, in Nashon Holman, Isaiah Holman, unfortunately suffered a, a, a season-ending injury a couple weeks ago. But you you got his uh, twin brother Nashon. You have the senior Marquise Tolliver, uh, Manny Scott, DeAndre Tate, a couple other guys contributing offensively. Y'all talked about Keandre Johnson had both of Franklin County's touchdowns uh, last week. They get a lot of attention, but Franklin County's offense works best when Dakota Rat- Wagner's uh, toting the rock, and you got to. Uh, respect uh, his running ability. I think he's important on defense uh, simply because the the Rebels at this point don't feel like they have a ton of quality depth behind him. That's why he's he's going both ways. But I, I think he's a little bit more important that he's rolling well uh, offensively uh, for the momentum of that offense. Will, when you think about this team and – Obviously, the start to the season not being what the Rebels would have wanted, but a big win over Grundy County, a gritty win over Columbia Central. Now you have the defending state runner-up coming to Franklin County. How important is it for the, the game to be in Winchester with a little bit of momentum coming in and having that crowd behind them i certainly think it will help it's going to be interesting to see with the game moving up a day on short notice it's a little bit before uh fall break fall breaks next week for Mm. uh, franklin county exactly what the crowds are going to be like but the the group that's that's turned out and i'll be honest it's a few more than i expected uh, to turn out considering the the pandemic and everything, and this kind of being a, a a program that struggled recently, but there's been a good crowd. They get behind the team and and cheer. I think that will help some, but obviously Franklin County is going to have to do their part, and they're going to have to give uh, the the fans something uh, to cheer about. So uh, Summit may be able to to neutralize the home field advantage if, if they strike quickly. Uh, those Rebel fans might end up uh, sitting on their hands a little bit. And when you say strike quickly, Summit has averaged in the five games that they've actually played, they've act, they've averaged thirty three points. So holding them down, it, I mean, it, it seems like it might be more of a challenge defensively for Franklin County trying to slow them down a little bit. I would agree with that uh, big time, uh, Mo. That's going to be the challenge for Franklin County because they are a team that has not scored 30-plus points outside of that lopsided Grundy County game, and we both know that's a a different uh, level of uh, competition uh, entirely there uh, for uh, between Grundy County and Summit. (laughs) Yeah, and, and, you know, to be fair, um, Franklin County really was – 
opportunistic defensively in that game this past week. They got three turnovers and and they um, forced a punt on a fourth and forty two. Mm-hmm. So, you know they they did some things defensively, but they also had some help there. Um, obviously, you want to build off this win, but just just from the realistic approach, you can't necessarily expect. Summit no. to come in there and and help you the way Columbia Central did. I, I still think Franklin County can build off the Columbia game, though, obviously because it's a win and you feel good about the win. And in the second half, uh, Columbia cleaned some things up, and, and Franklin County had to hold them, had to had to answer a, a, a touchdown drive. I also think for a young team. Uh, you can get some momentum because yes, Columbia helped you out. You know, holding penalty wiped out a touchdown. You Columbia fumbled near the gold line, uh, forced some punts on some uh, deep, uh, long uh, situations as, as you brought up. But if you go back to some games earlier in the year, a game against Tullahoma, mm-hmm. Tullahoma didn't play a, a, a great first half and Franklin County was only able to manage seven points and, when you pick the ball off and return it back to the three, four yard line, you turn around and you should be able to hand it to your senior tailback and get a touchdown. That was the only points in that game. Uh, Franklin County and Rockvale week two of the season. Uh, Franklin County had many, many opportunities on the the plus side of the field and, and uh, only generated about 17 points and could have put that game away. So Franklin County didn't, you know, uh, pardon the term, uh, step on their their throat against Columbia, mm-hmm. but found a way to make enough plays. And when the other team was trying to help give you the game, Franklin County found a way to close it. So I do think there's some momentum that translates from that. But obviously, you can't go into the game tonight expecting Summit to stumble and, and give you opportunities. You just have to be prepared and know now, hey, when we get this opportunity, we have to convert on it because right. this may be the only freebie we get. We may not get any freebies. If they don't, Franklin County's probably not going to win the game. If, if there are mistakes and Franklin County can capitalize on them, that's going to be the key. But I, I do think there is something a young team can take from learning how to cash in on, on, some, on, on some mistakes from the other side. It's certainly important, like you said, those those first three games. You're talking Coffee County's a two point loss, Rockville a three point loss, and then Lincoln County had you know, winning the game up until what, like three minutes to go or something, and and Lincoln County gets the win in in that first in that that third game of the year. This is not a a Franklin County team, like you said, that has been able to find that way to win when. When you guys look overall at a, a team like Summit, obviously playing Tullahoma is very similar in competition level. Is is this a game that you know you're going to circle on the schedule for years to come and maybe try to schedule other teams in order to compete with your region opponents like Summit, Shelbyville, and that sort of thing? where as this team grows in Franklin County, maybe the schedule changes in order to beef up the non-region competition to to get to that level. 
I think you'll see some changes uh, to the schedule, but I, I don't think in the near future, uh, you know, as long as Coffee County's interested in playing Franklin County, they're going to play. Tullahoma's not going to come off the schedule because that's the type of competition you want to play, even though they're a 4A school. They can go toe-to-toe uh, with certainly any 5A school and uh, maybe a, a, a 6A uh, school or two there, depending uh, in the state, and that's a a, a rivalry of regional interest. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens uh, with the Lipscomb Academy series. If if that continues, that probably doesn't. That was a, a last minute thing. Would need to add a region game because White County went uh, non-region. Uh, right. Uh, Rockvale uh, would be the type of school that you would maybe leave on the schedule if you're wanting to to face better competition but they're you know in a couple years going to be like every other school in the borough that's a powerhouse and tough to beat so i think it's a tough balance because right now i I don't think you want to schedule a bunch of uh, mush iron does sharpen iron but you want to have some games on your schedule that number one fans are interested in and those regional rivalries with telehoma and coffee county because they're district foes and all the other sports that gets the team juiced up it gets the communities juiced up you also want to have you know games that are going to challenge you but are winnable because you you know ideally franklin county would have found a way to get a win over coffee county or rockvale this year and not have to wait all the way to the middle of the season to get the first w and have more momentum heading into the back half of that schedule so i think there could be some some tweaks, but I don't think that schedule is going to change tremendously because there's regional rivalry value to playing Coffee County and Tullahoma, and, and their teams that, that that are similar in Franklin County uh, in terms of, of talent level. You can still measure yourself against a good team, uh, and I, I don't think they're going to want to take on too much of a uh, tough challenge outside of those games knowing how tough the region is, because you're going to want a couple games uh, to, to build your confidence like Grundy County did. And, and that's kind of what my my thought process was with the new coach, with the young team, building a, a program that is built to compete with the higher-level programs is important. And I, I know Coach Cunningham has – he believes that this program has that ability to reach the mm-hmm. summit Lincoln County, Columbia Central level where they're hosting playoff games. And I think they're trying to find that balance because I do think it's important, and I'll compare Franklin County to Warren County. Warren County's having a, an historic season, their first winning season in 30 years, and they're getting there plenty enough test and competition in their region against some good teams to know that this is not just a, a, a byproduct of an easy schedule at the same time. Sure. They have some, ga- they had some games on their schedule that got them some confidence building wins. And I still think even though you and I can see the bigger picture of, Hey, if we, you know, strengthen ourselves in a loss, we're ready to compete with summit it, to get the fans out to the stadium on Friday night. <laughs> it get... would benefit Franklin County to win, uh, five six maybe even have a special season and win seven or eight games franklin county has been a long time since they've had a winning season and in building the foundation of this program 
I think getting to to six or seven wins might be more important than having measuring stick games to get you ready uh, for Summit because I think the confidence will transfer Franklin County and, and Summit are playing in the middle of the year and Franklin County's won four games already. And, you know, when you talk, Will, about the stru- – we're talking with Will Rabb from WCDT down in Winchester. Um, when you talk, Will, about the struggles Franklin County's had over the last few years, it's funny because as I was driving into town, I was thinking about those teams back in the in the 90s with um, Red Roberts coaching and with Jeff Hall and Quitman Spaulding and Chad Taylor and some of those names. I mean, it's not like this this program has not seen success. It's a program that was very successful uh, under Coach Roberts, and it's had success in fits and spurts since then. Coach uh, Greg Mantoof had a couple good seasons. Uh, Coach James Carr had a couple 500 uh, seasons, and when they had the weird Z plan, you made a couple of playoff appearances because uh, you were a bigger school in the in the district and all that confusing mess. Uh, <laughs> but it's been a program that struggled for most of the last two decades for whatever reason it's really kind of hard uh to pinpoint though you know i do think there are some things you can copy from some other successful schools and and try to mirror it's just gonna take uh this group of athletes and i really thought the last group might be the one under the previous administration to help things uh turn the corner they got very very close uh when coach mccurry was here uh, but just couldn't quite get over that hump. I think if this group of athletes, because again, the Keandre Johnson at quarterback, the 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 Holman twins, Manny Scott, uh, some of these young athletes that haven't even gotten to the varsity level yet, there's some talented kids in this county. You got to get them over that hump. You got to have that winning season, and then I think it'll be a whole lot easier to get the community reinvested, uh, get some cooperation going between the, the middle schools to, to work uh, to keep teach the kids uh, the fundamentals and, and worry less about beating each other and more about getting ready uh, for uh, the high school level and then also being able to recruit the halls you know if the, mm-hmm. if, if the perception of the football team is man I'm gonna go out there and get beat up and we're only going to win uh, three or four games and you know we're gonna get blown out by everybody uh, kids don't want to do that but if mm-hmm. If, if you're beating Tullahoma and beating Columbia, beating Lincoln County and Shelbyville and, and winning uh, six or seven games, then kids are going to want to be a part of that, even if uh, you're limited once you uh, get into the postseason and you're just kind of uh, outmatched in terms of uh, available number of kids you're competing with. Absolutely. All right, so that game is tonight at 7 p.m., down in Winchester. That is Summit traveling to Franklin County. It can be heard here on WKOM 101.7 FM and also the voice you're hearing. Will Rabb will be on WCDT for the Rebels. So if you want to hear it, there are plenty of options. You don't have to listen to either one of them. I'm just kidding. You definitely want to tune in. Pick one. Pick pick, pick one, one or listen to both. You know, Just switch between quarters. Who knows? Hey, absolutely. I, I will say this: if you're if you're if you're not gonna uh, listen to us at WCDT, uh, I'm not gonna complain about you listening to Mike because he calls <laughs> a, a heck of a ball game. All right, guys, that's Will Rab, WCDT down in Winchester. Will, thanks for joining us. I appreciate it, guys. All right, when we come back, we're gonna talk about Loretto and Mount Pleasant. 
It's at the Mount tonight, 7 p.m. We'll give you all that information and more on the other side. Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. It's a beautiful Thursday here in Columbia, Tennessee. Really excited about tonight's high school football matchups. I'll be down in Richland taking in the Spring Hill-Richland game. We'll talk about that on the other side of the top of the hour. Right now we're 10 minutes to the top of the hour. And let's talk a little bit about our friends down at the Mount. Mount Pleasant hosting Loretto tonight. And clearly Mount Pleasant having a struggling season. But this is an opportunity for this team, even against a a 2A team, to to maybe put some points on the board and, and potentially even get a win tonight. The only concern with that is Loretto's playing with a lot of confidence right now, coming off of back-to-back wins, both in league play. They defeated rival Summertown 12-7 two weeks ago for the Pegasus Cup. Summertown, which beat Mount Pleasant 13-12 in the season opener. And came back last week, won at Community 45-16. So they've got the ability to put some points up and – for a Mount Pleasant team that has struggled to do that, that could be a problem. Mount Pleasant hasn't scored more than 20 points this year, and that 20 came in that 56-20 loss to Fayetteville. Now, they have had some turnover issues and just, you know, have had some breaks go against them, and they're also young on the offensive side of the ball. But if we're talking comparative scores. Which is always dangerous. It's but dangerous, but – if we're talking, you're talking Mount Pleasant loses at Summertown by one point because of not having their kicker. Loretto wins at home over Summertown by 12-7. And picked up and, and, and got a crazy safety yeah, when a, they threw a late a, safety. Well, when they threw a pass in the end zone, it was caught, and they made the tackle in yeah. the end zone. Sounds like an interesting play. I don't like. I think I'd like to have seen that. <laughs> yeah, just what happened there. But yeah. So I mean, essentially these these two teams played Summertown evenly, mm-hmm. uh, even though Mount Pleasant did it in a pouring rain. Um. So I I feel like this is an opportunity for the Tigers to find some footing. But what do they have to do in order to do that? How? What is the key for Mount Pleasant? What do they have to establish? I think they've got to establish the run game, and I think they have the ability to do that. I mean, um, Xavier Davidson went for over 100 yards last week in the um, – who did they lose to last week? Huntland. Huntland. In the Huntland loss, he went over 100. Keevan Cooper 
has been electric with the ball as a freshman. And so I think they've got to, to do what they do, but do it well. I mean, you know Mount Pleasant's going to run the ball. They've just not been as successful running the ball to this point this year as they have been in previous years. Part of that's been because they've kind of been mixing and matching up front because of the impact of COVID. I mean, they've been without some guys, including probably their best lineman, Dontavious Ellison, at some points. Ryan Gray has missed some time. So they've just got to get players back and get better at what they do. Do you think this Mount Pleasant team is still – fighting to win games. I I can't imagine a Bronson Bradley team ever giving up. I don't think they're necessarily giving up. I just think that they may be lacking in a little confidence. And I think, particularly with a young team, you may get to that here-we-go-again phase whenever something does go against them, whether it's a turnover, whether it's a call, whatever it may be. And so – guarding against that and just having that short memory that you have to have to be successful athletically is kind of where Mount Pleasant needs to make sure that they're at, I think. You know, talking about Keevan Cooper and his ability to break open a game at any point, I've seen him return a kickoff 95 yards. I've seen him take a the first play from scrimmage in the second half against Fayetteville 65 yards to the house. This is a team that has some electric ability, mm-hmm. but I also think they lack what they – one of the things they're lacking this season over maybe past years is they're, Tavares Strayhorn is not a, a passing quarterback, and he struggles to even connect on the passes when they have drawn the defense down. At what point do we need to see him progress at least a little bit as a thrower? Now, because they've got a receiver in Demarcus Brown that can make some things happen in the passing game if you can get him the ball. And so I I think that you've got to see some improvement out, out of Strayhorn because you've got to be able to utilize Brown. I think you're also going to see LaDante Patton, Bubba Patton um, show up a little bit more in the run game. In fact, I think he's a big old boy, by the way, he's tough to bring down. He is. He is. Uh, McEwen had some trouble with him um, in that Saturday game a couple of weeks ago, but you know, I think, I just think that the talent is there. The skill, uh, skill players are there for Mount Pleasant to, to do some damage here in the second half of the season. I think it might just be a confidence issue as much as anything. And the only way to build that up is to go out and beat somebody. Well, that kind of brings me to my next question. What does this week mean for Mount Pleasant and Loretto being a non-region game, different classes? Is it more important for Mount Pleasant to win this game than it is for Loretto? Or is it just as important for either? I think it's equally important for both of them for different reasons. Obviously, Mount Pleasant coming in here 0-5, needing a win against somebody. Um I think Loretto needing to keep this momentum that they've built up because Mount Pleasant has been successful of late. They were eight and three last year. Uh-huh. Um, Loretto has not been in this position in a pretty good while, and they've got a chance to get to five wins with a, with a victory here tonight. So 
So this this is a pretty big deal for both these teams, obviously for different reasons. Yeah, I, matter of fact, you know when you when you think about the history of Loretto football, uh, coming into week eight at four and two is not something that they're necessarily used to. Used to, yeah. Um, Matter of fact, the last time they won four games was two years ago, but that's all they won was they went four and six. And the time before that, they went six and six in 2013. This is a team that, that has gone three and seven, four and six, two and eight, oh and ten, one and nine, three and eight over the last seven years. And so new coach has, has a little bit of a fire under him. And this team could be – you know, again, they they could find if they can find a way to keep the momentum going. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, they've got Lewis County left, and but Eagleville's a winnable game. Yeah, I, and you know, something that probably has to be of impact for Loretta football is a success that Loretta basketball and baseball have had. Yeah, you definitely don't want to be part of that, right? Yeah, I you, mean, you, you don't want you don't want everybody to go, well, football's football, but we got basketball and baseball, so who cares, right? Yeah. I mean, and and if you're a football player, then then you don't want to be a the one pride. That, Yeah, exactly. I mean, you want to be able to walk around school with your leather jacket on, too. Well, uh, you know, getting to 500 or or close to you know, getting to five wins yeah. at this point in the season would be huge for them. So, all right. When we come back, I'm going to talk with Spring Hill head coach, Ben Martin. I'm not. Well, I'm going to talk with him. You're probably just going to ask him a bunch of questions that he doesn't want to answer. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, we're, we're going to talk with, with Ben Martin, Spring Hill High School head coach, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So make sure that you stick around on the other side of the break. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, and Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. Specializing in orthopedic injuries and their ortho-quick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit them online at mtbj.net. Back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joints. Chris Yao here along with Maurice Patton, J.P. Plant on the board. We have several high school football games scheduled for tonight. We've already talked about Summit traveling to Franklin County. Loretto will be at Mount Pleasant. And our final game of the night will be Spring Hill at Richland. 
originally scheduled to be at Spring Hill, but... Originally scheduled to be Friday night. Originally scheduled to be Friday night, and not originally scheduled at, at all. At all. <laughs> so, ah, ha, ha. Yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's that. Yeah. Uh, Spring Hill had a game scheduled with Mount Juliet during this week. Richland was scheduled to be off, I believe, this I believe week. So. Uh them and just about everybody else. Right. Yeah. Richland had an open date scheduled. Unfortunately, they lost a couple of games due to COVID. Spring Hill lost a couple of games due to COVID. Then they were able to move the Mount Juliet game because Mount Juliet did not they were supposed to play a metro school. And they were not able to. So, therefore, scheduling worked out for the Battle of the Raiders. There will be no parlay tonight. You will have to fight to the death, apparently. And I'm taking the Raiders in this. You got the Raiders in this one? Yeah. That's yeah, probably a good choice. <laughs> Spring Hill coming off their first win of the season, and that's got to bring some confidence, right? I would think so. Yeah, I mean... To finally get over that hump um, with everything that's gone on this year with with COVID stops and starts and that kind of thing and, and you know, for them to find to break through, you know, at this point of the season has to be a big deal for them, I would think. And, and to get that win in region play keeps them in the playoff mix. It, it puts them right in the middle of it. I mean, again, they have two playoff. They have they have two region games remaining with Marshall County and Lawrence County. And again, we don't know what could happen. You know, if Marshall County comes down with COVID next week, it's who knows. Anyway, it's it's a fluid situation. It's a fluid situation. Yeah, and we're we're gonna write that song. I can't because we're gonna have to play that. It's a fluid situation. <laughs> um, but the Maplewood game was 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 a. A big win for this team, and confidence-wise, I think getting that win is huge. But playing a 1A school has to have its challenges, I'm sure, just because you it's kind of hard to say, well, if you win, you're supposed to win. If you lose, wow, well, what, do you, what do you do? But this is a Richland team that's pretty good. We've talked about it all year long. They've got a great offense, big guys up front, great Running back in Austin Seals, pretty good quarterback in Sam Edwards. It just, you know, this is not a team that, that anybody can take lightly. I don't think this is a team that can be taken lightly because of what they do offensively. Sure. And and I think I think this is going to be a heck of a ball game. And our our next guests may not care for me saying that, but no, I I think this is going to be a a pretty good ball game, pretty entertaining ball game. I think Spring Hill head coach Ben Martin would agree that this is going to be a tough game for his kids. And, Coach, welcome into the show. What do you think? Uh, hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, <clears throat> no, I think you're exactly right. Uh, I mean, you, you basically summed up uh, pretty much everything I was going to say. I, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you know from the outside uh, looking in, you know, you see a 4A team and a 1A team, but you know, I, I think you can kind of throw that out the window a little bit. You know, Richland's going to play tough. You know, they're, uh, you know, that that uh, old tough country school, as you know, they used to call it. And, and, and heck, back when I was playing, uh, that's what they called Spring Hill. So. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> that said, Ben, I know that 
in this era of COVID and this fluid situation, a lot of times you just kind of have to play who presents themselves. But given the complexion of this game, 4A, 1A, that kind of thing, what mm-hmm. prompted you all to, to take this game on? Well, I, I think, you know, you, you kind of alluded to it earlier. You know, we lost a couple of games. Nick lost a couple of games down there at Richland. Um, and, and you know, at, at some point you start thinking, hey, we need to, to find some games because uh, um, you never know when, when you're, you're going to play your last one for a while. And, um, and trying to make up um, a game just to get, to get our kids a, a full season in. Uh, you know, as it stands right now, we're only going to have nine games. Um, but, you know, it, 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 it was better than eight. <laughs> so exactly. um, that's kind of how we looked at it. And, and uh, you know, I'd called around several places and, 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 you know, trying to pick up a game because we did have this week open. Ben, uh, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Um, do you concern yourself with your kids looking at this as, you know, we're we're a 4A team, we're a 4A program there, 1A, and, and you know, kind of getting a little overconfident from that standpoint? Right. I, you know, I think that that's, uh, certainly plays into it. But, you know, it, it's like I told our kids, you know, we're, we're certainly in no position to take anyone for granted. Um, you know, and, uh, and that's just the way we have to, to go about our business. And, and really, you know, it's, it's, it's more about us than, than who we've been playing lately. You know, that's what we've been talking about the last few weeks. Um, finally, you know, glad to, to get a win, and, uh, you know, and being a region win, we're trying to build off of that and, and, uh, hopefully keep this momentum going and, and, uh, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll have a good game tonight and, uh, be successful again coach last week and we talked about it in the post game but you know first start for Mac Ritchie kind of changes the dynamic of your offense with Mm -hmm. his ability to stick his head in there and, and kind of get you some of the tough yards between the tackles what has practice been like with him will he will we continue to see him kind of be that guy uh, yeah, I think so. You know, Mac <clears throat> Mac really runs hard, uh, and he's a he's a an aggressive runner. I you know it, it, it's you've heard the term uh, you know uh, that guy runs angry kind of thing, and and uh, and and Mac Mac really does. He he uh, he's a hard aggressive runner, and I think he's a nice compliment to uh, to Landon and uh, and and Caden uh, Martin as well. So um, you know we've got a lot of options, and uh, we're going to try to try to use those to the best of our ability and and uh but yeah i i would definitely uh, say that you're gonna see a lot more mac Ritchie. ben you also had to be pleased with um what i guess was kind of a breakout game for landon secrets this past weekend yes. uh, 55 yes. yards on six carries plus the um 39 yard touchdown reception mm-hmm. um uh, where where has he been where did that come from uh, you know, <laughs> you know, Landon. Landon's been around. Um, <clears throat> Landon uh, is is just a solid, solid kid. Um, you know, anything you ask him to do, uh, he he's going to do what's best for the team. Uh, and and you know, being able to line him up as uh, at the receiver position, 
uh, has been has been very beneficial for us. Um, because if you look at it, you know that that's a way. It, it, it if you want to say it this way, I mean, it's almost a, a two back scenario, uh, and not in the traditional sense. Uh, but but you know when we have Landon and Mac on the field at the same time, and that allows us to uh, to be multifaceted. I think uh, Landon is. Uh, I, I mean, I just can't say enough good things about Landon on and off the field. Uh, but but he he's proved that he's very versatile. Uh, you know, with the re- receiving yards and and, uh, and also the carries. And, and last week, quarterback Luca Boylan had a couple of great throws, including that touchdown pass, and then also a, a big third down conversion inside the 10-yard line. But, you know, for as many completions as he had, some of his incompletions were as good of throws as, as he's made all year. Right. What – what kind of confidence level do, do do you have, and does he have in that passing game to continue to make those throws and trust those receivers when maybe they haven't been as trustworthy as as they should? Right. I, you know, I think uh, I think Luca's confidence level is, uh, is 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 high right now, as it should be. I think he's he's probably playing the best ball that I've I've seen him play uh, in a couple of years. Um, as far as his, uh, you know, his reads, he's going the right place with the ball. Um, you know, he's making good decisions, that sort of thing. Um, and, and, and we just have to, uh, we have to focus and, and, you know, I, I think I mentioned, um, the week before at Mount Juliet, you know, I think he was, uh, I think it was something like uh, 10 of 10 of 21 or 22, uh, with eight drops. Mm-hmm. And that was being generous when we were grading it. So, you know, <laughs> that, that changes things a, a, a whole lot and from a from a quarterback perspective. You know, uh, 10 of 22 or, or, or uh, you know, 18 of 22 is a little different. So. Big difference, yeah. Huge difference. Hey, we're speaking with Spring Hill coach Ben Martin, whose team will travel tonight to Richland. And, Ben, you know, we've talked a lot about your offense. Mm-hmm. Defensively, you guys have – played a lot better than your record reflects i would think is that is that a, a fair assessment do you think i think it is uh you know we've uh we've um we've been put in some tough situations uh early uh you know i, I point back again i you know i keep pointing back to the mount juliet game but they're they're a quality 6a program and mm-hmm. uh you know we gave them the ball inside our own 20 and they wound up with fourth and 19 and, and had to settle for a field goal so um you know, there's there's points. You know, I think we're putting it together. I think we're understanding. Um, you know, since we lost uh, Jason Busby, it was a huge loss uh, last year when he went down to to Summertown. And, um, you know, we've we've kind of had to uh, it put piecework things together. And, and I've taken over the the defense coordinator responsibilities, and I think we're starting to to click. Uh, you know. Uh, they're learning kind of how I want to do things and, and I'm learning what they can and can't do, uh, in regards to what I want to do. So, um, we, uh, I think we're, we're getting, getting closer, but I, I've been really pleased with our defensive effort as of late. You know, you mentioned Jason Busby's departure and, and it happened relatively late, I guess, right. but right. you know, how, how does that work? We just talked to Charlie Lansdale with Columbia Academy yesterday 
he is reassuming offensive coordinator duties um, or has this week leading into their game at Trinity uh-huh. tomorrow. You know, for a head coach to suddenly, you know, take over coordinator duties, I guess you're more involved than you were. I mean, at the high school level, I would think you're pretty involved anyway, but how right. does that dynamic change when you take on that coordinator role? It, it does change, um, you know, and, and, and almost to the, to the point where, Hey, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm coaching again, <laughs> kind of thing. You know, a lot of times and, and yes, at the high school level, you are very involved in all aspects and that sort of thing. But, but, you know, also a lot of times you, you feel more like the manager than, than anything else. Uh, and, and so it, it's been exciting on one hand. I mean, obviously we hated losing Jason. He's, he's a great friend and a great coach as well. Um, but, uh, you know, at the same time, it, it does change things, uh, you know, a little bit uh, as far as uh, that, that relationship uh, between a coordinator and then, and then, you know, technically as the head coach. But, um, you know, uh, Matt Brown, our offensive coordinator, and I have a great relationship and, we work together pretty well as far as, uh, you know, bouncing things off of each other. And, and, and he's a great resource, uh, you know, offensively. And, and, and I think he's, uh, he's, 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 he's a great offensive mind. So he, he basically helps me a lot, um, with the defense. Now, you know, I was a defensive coordinator before, so, um, you know, it's kind of going back to my roots, uh, anyway. So the transition for me was probably, easier than maybe maybe for the kids <laughs> <laughs> hey um as we mentioned this game was originally scheduled when it was scheduled it was set to be played at your place correct um, we kind of put the dots together and came to the conclusion that with the girls soccer team playing its district tournament game tonight against giles county at home that was what prompted the move. Is that accurate or was it, it something else? No, no, it is. Uh, and that's, that's, <clears throat> you know, we, we talked with uh, coach Walker, the, the girls soccer coach. And, and actually, you know, I had suggested, you know, would he be open to maybe moving their game up, uh, you know, playing it more of an afternoon kind of game. Uh, and then we could come behind him and play our game. But apparently uh, I don't think Giles County was able to make that mm-hmm. happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, it just seemed uh, right just to move it down there. And uh, I know, you know, Nick and I were on the phone several times back and forth. And, um, you know, he's got he's got region games coming up. We've got region games coming up. So, uh, we, it, you know, it, and it may not uh, do anything tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow afternoon. But uh, it, I knew if we, if we kept it on Friday, it, it, it definitely would. It'd be a torrential downpour. Yeah, no question. Like that, so. Yeah. Because 2020, right? <clears throat> right, right. <laughs> if, it can, if it can go wrong, it will in 2020, right? Yeah. Right. And, and looking ahead, you, you do have Marshall County and Lawrence County. Like, I, like, like we talked about after the game last week, you're right in the thick of things, Coach, with, uh, with, with playoff implications in your, you know, two of your next three games after this one. Right. You, you guys have to, you know, a little confidence building tonight and get on a, a – two-game win streak could, could be really big absolutely uh you know and and we've talked about that and you know you, you can't ask for for much more than to to be in control of your own destiny 
and we talk about that with our kids and and uh, as long as we take care of business then you know uh, it, it, it could look pretty good for us all right well we're really excited about i'm really excited about being there i will i will be on hand tonight and if you see me in the box just know that i'm working the chains <laughs> i got you uh, <laughs> but uh no absolutely coach spring hill head coach ben martin joining us here on southern middle tennessee sports today coach thanks so much for for being here yeah guys thanks for having me i appreciate it all right when we come back we are going to talk about i guess the biggest um the biggest news for us is the the Atlanta Braves are one game away from the NLCS. So what could go wrong, as the AJC so aptly put it this morning? What could go wrong? Um, obviously, we've got a Titans and COVID update, and JP will have the latest on that. Lots of stuff coming up. And then, of course, we'll get to our picks in the last segment. So stay tuned here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. <laughs> Welcome back in once again to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. I'm Chris Yao, joined by Maurice Patton. 24 minutes past the hour of 10 o'clock here. It is the second hour. Went to... Went to talk about all of the high school football games in the last hour and then that last segment as well. Now... We have a couple of updates, one of which coming from probably friend of the show, Teresa Walker, <laughs> delivered by our famed producer, J.P. Plant. Uh, I'm sure, yeah, Teresa and many, many other sources uh, reporting this morning. Uh, the Titans, you know, they'd had a couple of days of uh, no new test. We're hoping for week five against the Bills. It's in question as this morning another Titans player has tested positive as well as an inconclusive positive test from Wednesday uh, that was confirmed positive. Now that pushed the total number of positive tests within the Titans organization to 23 since September 24th. So less than a month, 23 positive tests. They're scheduled to play the Bills, we mentioned, on Sunday, but that game is in question. Uh, there are preliminary discussions of possibly trying to play that game uh, Monday or Tuesday. The uh, The big question is, or the big issue is the Bills are scheduled to play Thursday. Yeah, so that can't happen. If, that can't happen. So do obviously it. they do can't it. Tuesday, do. Tuesday, Thursday. 
Uh, if they were to play Monday or Tuesday, the Bills would have to move their game to a Saturday night or a Sunday night or potentially a Monday night the following week. The Titans are, of course, without any bye weeks. So there are um, so there's a lot up in the air about whether they a they will play this game. If they can't, will the Titans be forced to forfeit the game to the Buffalo Bills? So uh, that is um, that's where we are at this point. Um, nearly half past uh, ten o'clock on uh, Thursday morning. I'm sure more uh, more news to develop later in the day. So what would we call this? It's a fluid situation. Yeah. Fluid situation. <laughs> I don't think there's any way this game gets played. Uh, even if it, well, I don't know if it's going to get played and probably pro- probably will not. But honestly, at this point, I'm I'm not sure how you combat the situation other than just sending Titans players to the house for the next ten days. And you can't play until, I guess, they come back in week six. If you send them to the house now. They could play Sunday week six. With little preparation on field. I mean, obviously, you can zoom and that kind of thing like they have been doing. Sure. But, I'm trying to but yeah, but I don't, I don't think... I think it would be irresponsible on the NFL's part at this point to try to play this game. I mean, it really doesn't make any sense to to play, for one, for the Bills. Why would the Bills want to play? Because you don't know how many more tests are going to come down. Now, that being said, you can test positive and – you know, two days later, you can test negative, meaning you've had it for the last 10 days. That happened with Jimmy Johnson in NASCAR. Hmm. So, again, they're they're all being tested every day. So, in eight out of, the, out of the last 10 days, we've seen positive tests. Right. That means that after you've had a couple of days of negative tests, now you've got new positives, which means the incubation period and that sort of thing. So, it... it there's no telling how long this could go on for the Titans, but unless you get them separated, unless you separate them, and the 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 training at NBA did not help was absolutely irresponsible of the players. Now I understand the idea and the thought process, but just no no long term vision there. For now, them. do we know though if any positive tests came out of that? We don't, but whether there were or not, it's, it's, it's still bad optics. Well, it's bad optics on top of anything else. I mean, there's no way to have known whether or not there was somebody positive there. Right. So, well, but I guess if you had tested that day, you tested negative, you went to NBA and worked out. I understand. I understand the, the how you could justify the it. thought process. My problem is not understanding the the whole situation mm-hmm. and understanding that just because you test negative doesn't mean that you're not carrying the virus. Because yeah. there is a an incubation period of some length. We don't know what that length is. We don't we definitely know it's not 14 days anymore. Mm-hmm. We don't know what the length is, but it's clearly sometime 
where right. you can test negative and still come up with it in the next few days. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. Um, updating, too, I, I'm seeing uh, ESPN insider Adam Schefter is uh, within the last uh, oh, 30, 45 minutes uh, who has been discussing with the NFL that potentially playoff scenarios could be based off win percentage instead of wins this season. So, in the I think they should have to play possi- headers. In the possibility that the Titans forfeit, um, or a no contest, so like say, we're it couldn't be it couldn't be a forfeit if you're going win percentage. It'd be a no contest. Yeah. yeah. So, like we're seeing in high school football, mm-hmm. uh, if we get to that win percentage, how does that play? And so. And they are in the same conference, so uh, a lot to be determined. But uh, it it appears that all is on the table and being discussed, which I'm all for considering all angles. Uh, personally, considering all angles, uh, but we'll see what what comes up here. Yeah. I, here's the good thing, and what we saw again, we know this didn't come from competition. Nobody else has had multiple positive tests this came from one guy who again was in the incubation period tested negative but had the virus that's that's where this comes from right and so that's a positive for the nfl for continuing play Mm -hmm. it's also much like the marlins and the cardinals situation with major league baseball it's it is a a warning to the other teams and players to be as careful as possible in order to continue play. Yeah, and to follow these protocols. Because if you don't play, you don't get paid in the NFL. Mm. So, therefore, your livelihood depends on it. Yeah, and that is also – that is correct. And so, if there is no game, the Bills don't get paid. Obviously, the the Titans don't, but – and if the bills don't get paid, then the bills don't get paid. That's right. Oh, yes. Man. No pun intended. Dad jokes for the win. <laughs> hey, you need to work on those. I actually have my favorite dad joke. I just saw it the other day. Do you know why Norway puts barcodes on their naval ships? So when they return, they can Scandinavian. <laughs> That's my favorite dad joke of all time. Cut his mic off. <laughs> what do you think is your dad to be now that uh, that gives you the right to throw something like that out there? That's yeah, a good one. Cut, cut his mic off. <laughs> Thinking Scandinavian. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the Marlins and the Cardinals, well, not the Cardinals because they're at home. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and by about five o'clock today. And yeah, hopefully by about five o'clock today, Kyle Wright will have sent the Miami Marlins out of the bubble and popped it for them. Popped their bubble, Kyle. <laughs> and the Atlanta Braves will have advanced to the NLCS by end of work day. Yesterday was a really good day. Ian Anderson again, brilliant. 11 and two-thirds innings in his first first ever playoff starts. 11 and two-thirds, scoreless, no runs. Just an absolute dominant performance by the kid. That's usually what scoreless means. That's right. No runs. No runs. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I saw a tweet yesterday, and I'm trying to find it, that um, the only two pitchers to begin their careers with back-to-back, with consecutive postseason appearances of five-plus innings scoreless were in and um, Steve Avery. You may have heard of it. Hey, yeah. Lefty. He was pretty good. Never got the 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 due that he really deserved. Well, because he was on he that was same staff with Glavin, Smoltz, Maddox. Yeah, Avery was great. Yeah, uh, but Ian Anderson was great. I, I thought it was weird when Snit pulled Anderson with two outs in the fifth. But here's the thing: six. Or, I'm sorry, with yeah. two outs in the sixth. But here's the thing about that. When you re- the new rule, the new three batter rule, really screws up your bullpen usage sometimes. Because now you you know you may want Anderson to be able to finish that inning, but if you've got righty 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 coming up, and you got a right hander in the bullpen, and you're throwing a left hander or vice versa, mm-hmm. it means you kind of you kind of have to go get him right. Yeah. So it, it's you know it's not as easy as it used to be where you could just go out there, throw a guy for a batter, and then bring somebody else in. There's a lot more going on in terms of pitching changes, obviously. And I'm not sure that it's all good. I I don't know that Mm. it has had the effect. It has had the opposite effect that we know of because games have lasted longer this season. So there you go. Again, the Braves – get a couple of bombs, one from Lieutenant Dansby and another from Travis Darno, who has been just absolutely on a tear. And if the Braves get – this guy's got to be in playoff MVP talks right now for the Braves. No question he's been the guy. Oh, without question. Meanwhile, I think, I think Dansby homered in back-to-back at bats. You he know, did the, the he, last his last at bat on Monday, <laughs> and then his first AB yesterday. So, um, you know, nice to see him starting to heat up. I mean, we've talked about this order, one through nine. There's no easy out. I mean, you got it there, and and I think he's showing that, regardless of where he is in the in the order, he um starting to heat up right now. But you know, Darno, Darno has been just lights out. And thank goodness, too, because outside of Ozuna's home run against the the Reds in that in the Reds in that game two, outside of Freddie's game winner in game one against the Reds, and outside of well, in this particular series, outside of the leadoff home run, Bacuna. the top three, yeah. one, two, and three hitters have not been what you want from your one, two, and three hitters. It's just it, they at, just haven't been able to get it going. At this time of year in particular. But I, I think um, – I just think Ronnie got out of sorts after he got hit and everything sure. that happened after that. You know, 0 for 4 yesterday with three strikeouts. Four strikeouts. Four strikeouts. Strike out all four times. Got the golden sombrero. Nice. Um, I think – I think today is a different day for him. Uh, I, I just, do too. I just think he settled in. I also think there's no pressure. 
You're in a five-game series. you got to win one of the next three. The pressure's off you and definitely on the Marlins. And, of course, Santana's pitching. And as we talked about in that first, in that first series, the Braves have rocked the best pitchers they've faced. Santana especially. Yeah, and I'm not sure what was behind the Marlins setting up their rotation for this series the way they did, but for Santa for Santana to supposedly be their best guy to not get to the mound until game three, you know, when you're down 0-2, I mean, I guess maybe this is where you want your ace in a must-win situation, but – but did, I, I, did you did, want to get to a must-win situation this in, way? In game, in game three, yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure what the thought process was there, but I ain't arguing with it either. <laughs> I'm not mad about it at all. Uh, what do you what do you foresee? And, and let's talk about last night. You know, Padres put a little drama into it, and then, of course, the Dodgers come through. They lead 2-0. How important is it that the Braves go ahead and close this series out in hopes that the Dodgers have to go a couple more games. Oh, I think it's huge. I think, I mean, the the more arms they have to use and the longer they have to use them, and certainly no disrespect to the Padres, but, I mean, we've talked all year about oh, – you and I have talked all year. We've talked on this show for three weeks about <laughs> the Braves' offense, but the Dodgers – batting order is pretty devastating as well and so for San Diego to hold them down long enough to win three games isn't going to be easy but if if some kind of way if you could get a five game series out of that series and and maybe get a little bit of an advantage there going into the um NLCS you'd you'd love to see that cuz if they had to pitch Kershaw in game 5 or something like that it screws up the entire rotation for the Braves. Mm -hmm. So the Braves series, not the Braves. It, yeah. the, the Braves rotation is pretty well set, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, um, not a whole lot of options there, really. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's pretty well set. And and that's the thing, you know, he, we're talking about Max Fried, Ian Anderson, Kyle Wright, Bryce Wilson, and I guess Inoa? <laughs> Or an opener and a bullpen game or whatever. Well, and if anybody's got the arms for a bullpen game, it's, it's the Braves. Exactly. So, here you go. Braves, Marlins, game three, one o'clock central time. Uh, I guess it's back on FS1. Yeah, I believe so. Thank goodness, because MLB TV did not work out for us. Man, that was hard to find. <laughs> <laughs> so, there you go. Braves Marlins this afternoon. Really excited about that. When we come back, we're going to talk about the high school sports schedule for tonight. Outside of high school football, there are some other games to be had. And, of course, Maurice and I will give you our weekly picks. And, and it's a good thing we make those picks on Thursday on a regular basis. Exactly. We're not having to change anything. But we'll be right back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there. 
and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. If you're out there and you're thinking about opening a restaurant in Columbia, a sports bar would be great. <laughs> Sitting here trying to decide where we're going to watch this ball game at. And, uh, well, not a lot of options here in Columbia. Not a, not a lot of options. Hey, Chris. Yeah. Mo, how about we uh, we take a text or two, 931-381-1017 for suggestions. Where will you, you be watching the Braves yeah. this afternoon? Or where should you guys watch the Braves? Yeah, where should we watch 931 381 1017. 931 381 1017. Choose the text. Let us know where the boys should go watch the game. Text us or call us. Yeah, you can call us. You can also hit us on Twitter at SM T. I'm sorry, SM underscore TNSports.com. Let us know where we need to go watch the ball game because we're going somewhere. We are going somewhere. Uh, it will not be in the the office back here. Although yeah, that the, may be the, the best. The, the tap is dry, so yeah, that won't yeah. that won't have be happening yeah. today, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> and the kitchen's pretty empty. <laughs> so we got some some high school sports tonight, and uh, I, I, more than just football, folks. So we'll turn it over here to. Mo Patton, and he will after after. Hey JP, yep. Hit the music. You ready? Yeah. Are you sure? Are you positive? <laughs> hey, by the way, we did get a uh, response. Uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, a vote for that. Well, that that yeah. was number one. <laughs> uh, that uh, that from the Chicken Man, though. By the way, <laughs> Chicken. Place to of course, get the chicken. chicken Man. There we go. So, um, <laughs> Division Two A Middle Region so- Girls Soccer Tournament play begins tonight. And Columbia Academy will be playing at home against Friendship Christian. I believe that's a 5 o'clock first touch. First touch. For that one. Um, the championship game in the Region 5A tournament down at Richland scheduled for 6 o'clock. Not sure who's in it. Uh, as we mentioned while speaking with Spring Hill football coach Ben Martin, Giles County girls soccer will play at Spring Hill. In the opening round of the 11 AA tournament, beginning at 6 o'clock tonight. And in District 8 AAA girls soccer, Columbia Central will host Lincoln County in a play-in game beginning at 6 o'clock. So, those are your girls soccer options for tonight. Columbia Academy's at home against Friendship Christian. There's a tournament championship game at Richland. Whoa. I wonder how that's working out with the football game. Maybe they move that early. Uh, good question. Yeah. Do they play soccer on the football field there? I don't. They do not. I don't think there so. There we go. They no, no, they don't. They played in a cornfield. They, they play next to a cornfield. <laughs> <laughs> if you build it, they will come. And, and they did. And they did. Yeah. There you go. Okay. All right. So no conflict, no field conflict there. District 5A Tournament Championship at Richland at 6 on the soccer field. Not to be confused with the football field. <laughs> or uh, a cornfield. Jeffs uh, <laughs> County at Spring Hill in District 11 AA Tournament Quarterfinal play, 6 o'clock. 
and they play in between Lincoln County and host Columbia Central in the District 8 AAA tournament beginning at 6 o'clock. Also at Columbia Central this afternoon will be the District 8 AAA volleyball tournament. Semifinals, the Shovable Franklin County winner will play Coffee County at 4 p.m. And Central will take on Lincoln County at 5.30 with the championship at 7 p.m. tonight. That's going to take care of the rest of your high school sports schedule on this Thursday. Of course, we have three high school football games tonight, including Spring Hill at Richland, Summit at Franklin County, and Loretto at Mount Pleasant. Tomorrow night, Columbia Academy will travel to Trinity Christian. All right. Speaking of high school football, it's time to make our picks. As the season has gone along, it's, it's been a it's been a weird year. Um, let's just let's just say that Mostradamus has has had a pretty good year. What's your record now? Thirty-one and ten. He's thirty-one and ten. You know what that makes me? Less. Uh, three 27, games behind. 27 and 14. Four games behind. Yeah, yeah four games behind. <laughs> makes me 27 and 14. And zero chance I'm making much headway this week. Let's, yeah. let's talk about Summit at Franklin County. What are you seeing in this one? Uh, I just think that Summit has too much talent across the field for this to, to to be a competitive game in the fourth quarter, which is what Franklin County needs to have a chance. I think Summit wins this ball game. I think you're right. I don't think there's any question that Summit has the horses to, to take this one and should definitely win. If we see Keaton Wade tonight, I'll be really excited just to see kind of where he stands and mm-hmm. get his feet under him. Um, a healthy and fresh Keaton Wade this this late in the season is going to spell danger for a lot of teams. So really excited about that. I've got the Summit Spartans as well. Next, we'll talk about Loretto at Mount Pleasant. Loretto at Mount Pleasant. Speaking of Loretto at Mount Pleasant, there is an article in today's Times Daily out of Florence, a feature on the Loretto team and their sudden surge. Um, Craig Thomas, friend of the program, put that together. So um, if you want to check that out, you can. The Mustangs are are on a little bit of a roll right now. Mount Pleasant really needs a win. I just don't think it's coming tonight. Uh, I think Loretto is just playing too well, and I think Mount Pleasant still has a lot of I think they've got confidence issues as much as anything else. I like Loretta here. Not so fast, my friend. The Tigers need a win. They do. They pretty much have to win just to get some confidence. And tonight is the night. Mount Pleasant gets win number one over the Mustangs of Loretto. I got the Tigers. The Tigers. All right. All right. Columbia Academy at Trinity Christian. Tomorrow night. That's tomorrow night. Columbia Academy at Trinity Christian. What are you thinking? What am I thinking? 
I'm thinking. I'm thinking without a Franklin Walker, and I know we've talked about him a lot, but he is he is a game breaker for Columbia Academy. Without him, they've got to be able to sustain drives, and with the issues they've had possessing the ball over the first half of the season, I don't think they're going to be able to sustain enough drives to win this ball game on the road. I've got Trinity. So the records in this one are a little deceiving. Columbia Academy comes in 0-4, Trinity Christian 4-2, but they've kind of flip-flopped their schedule region-wise. Columbia Academy's played the toughest part, while Trinity Christian has definitely played the easier of the the schedule mm-hmm. if you split it down the middle. I think going back to the wing tee gives Columbia Academy just enough juice and the Bulldogs do start their trend to the playoffs tonight with a win, Columbia Academy over Trinity. And now in our by-design cabinetry game of the week, the Spring Hill Raiders at the Richland Raiders Say uh, it's an interesting choice for the by design cabinetry game of the week because of what they the fact that it's 1A, 4A, mm-hmm. but I, I, I fully expect this to be the most competitive game that we see tonight outside of maybe Loretto Mount Pleasant, and I'm really excited about it. I'm excited to be there. I think it's going to be a fun game. I think it's going to be a fun atmosphere. I think the atmosphere will be a lot of fun. And I'm going to take the Spring Hill version of the Raiders tonight to get the win because we've seen Richland against a couple of teams that are bigger up front, and they've struggled. And I think Spring Hill is going to be a little bit bigger up front. They're going to have a little more depth, especially at the line positions. And that's where this game hinges and I see the Spring Hill defense getting it done against Richland. I think ultimately the Spring Hill defense is going to get it done. I'm with you on this pick. I'm going to take the Spring Hill, the visiting Raiders in this one. But I do believe this Richland offense is going to give Spring Hill's defense some problems throughout the night. Uh, I think Sam Edwards is is – going to make some plays in that read option. They may throw it around a little bit more than they have and maybe catch Spring Hill with too many down in the box. But I think I think they're going to give Spring Hill some problems. I think it's going to be close late. But I think Spring Hill wins it. It's probably I think it's going to be a one possession ball game. I think it very well could be a one possession ball game. All right. There you have it. Those are our picks. Let's talk about some of the other games in our area that are happening tonight that have been moved to Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, Collinwood going to host McNary Central. Brentwood will go to Dixon County. Big region 6-6A game there. I mean. With Brentwood coming. <laughs> this may be. This isn't a good place for Dixon County. No. With Brentwood That's coming. That's what I'm saying. Big, big. Region game, I guess, if you're Brentwood. It will, yeah, it okay. Let me restate. <laughs> it's a region six six A game. Yeah. So the, the bigness of it may not be there. And the Brent, bigness may be on the one side of the scoreboard tonight. And, and 
Brentwood not going to be in a very good mood after that 37 nothing loss last week to Oakland? Absolutely not. So, Brentwood at Dixon County. CPA travels to Ravenwood. Fairview going to Sycamore. Wayne County is hosting Huntingdon. That should be an interesting game. That's uh, just about it for really close by. Of course, you've got Lipscomb Academy at Rossview. That and Rossview coming off a huge win Big last win week over Mount, uh, Mount Juliet, Juliet last week. That yeah. is a, I mean, so that Lipscomb Academy Rossview game just got really interesting. Uh, but that's going to do it for Southern Middle Tennessee sports today. If you are out and about tonight, please make sure to get out to a high school sporting event. And when you do, wear your mask. These kids deserve to continue to play, and they need your help to do so. Yeah. Meanwhile, we're trying to figure out where we're going when we leave here. We got the one text. We got one text. We got one text. Just one. I, I guess. And 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 Chicken Man, he he knew. Cause he we, knows about chicken. We were already ready to go to B Dubs, yeah. and it's Bogo Thursday. So there you go. But again, if you're looking to put a restaurant in Spring or in Columbia, sports bar should be loaded up with some TVs. <laughs> That's about it's it. It's called Southern Middle Tennessee Sports and Bar. Don't, and don't close at 2 o'clock. <laughs> yeah. In the afternoon? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like one option that we thought we were going to have. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we'll see you tomorrow on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint.